first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT. And he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We're going to be doing our post-game recap of the Colts win over the Tennessee Titans. Your Colts win in big fashion, 34-17. to Big win in primetime in Nashville. The Colts now take number one in the AFC South. They are the leaders at this moment in time. So, Cody, man, there's a lot to dissect from this game. There is certainly quite a bit to really talk about. But uh, let's let's start with this before we even get into the offense or the defense or special teams. Uh, I, want, I want to hear your thoughts on the play calling of today from Eberflus. Uh, what did you think of Frank Reich's play calling in all of the game? I know that there were some stuff – there's some stuff that I definitely will say, but – Overall, what did you think of the concept that the team was able to do today? Yeah, I mean, overall, great team win in all three facets. We'll talk about all three elements that they brought. Um, yeah, in terms of play calling, you know, I thought that Eberflus in this defense kind of struggled a little bit in the first half, and they really tightened up in the second half. And I kept saying that, and I'm like, oh, man, that's the Titans, like, thing. I can't really say that, but just kind of said we tightened up. They didn't. So, uh was, was happy with the adjustments that he made in the second half. You know, Derrick Henry's just Derrick Henry, and he's – freaking impossible to tackle. So, like, I don't give him too much crap. But, yeah, Derrick Henry definitely had a good day, over 100 yards. Uh, but, you know, I felt like, in, especially, like, against the pass, you know, Tennessee has two really good receivers and a really good tight end. I mean, I felt like the Colts held them in check pretty well all day. Uh, you know, in the first quarter, in the first half, they, they, they beat you a little bit. But I really felt like the Colts did really, really a good job overall. Um, containing them. And as far as the offense goes, you know, Frank Reich still has his warts, still has things I disagree with him on. You know, you think about that, uh, some of those fourth downs that he went for, um, you know, I don't mind it, I guess, down where you're at, but like some of the play calling still has me scratching my head. Like what, what, what was the point of that? Like, I think of that fourth down and fortunately the defense saved you and kept the momentum going. Yeah. But I think of that fourth down near the goal line, um, when you throw to Jordan Wilkins of all your running backs, why do you have him in the game at that point? I was frustrated. I was doing the stream and I was just like, literally any of your other running backs make more sense to Jordan Wilkins in that situation. Yep. And you know, Wilkins did, you know, he didn't do good, but like, uh, in terms of that play. So I was just frustrated and really kind of confused by that. There's still some predictable play calling, like running, you know, running the ball in second and long and not really getting a whole lot. Fortunately, you know, we'll talk about some players, but like the Colts were able to run the ball a little bit better, which helped you out. But there's still some predictable play calling, some stuff that had me scratching my head a little bit. Like, why do you call that play in that situation? Or why do you, why do you have that player in that, situ in that, in that uh, position in that certain situation? So there was just, just diff different things with Frank Reich that I still have a beef with, uh, with him. And I'm still disagreeing with him and thinking this just isn't the way, you know, I think you should be running it. And again, he's a, you know, he's obviously the head coach and an offensive guru for a reason, but there's still some things that make me scratch my head. Like, didn't we try this? And it, it, it epically failed, you know, a couple weeks yeah. ago. 
why are we doing this again? But, you know, overall, I felt like it was a pretty clean game from Reich. It was probably out of the last couple games, his best play calling um, in certain situations. There's still a few things, like I said, but overall, you know, I'd give him probably a solid B for Frank Reich. Matt Eberflus definitely gets a, a high B or a low A, especially in that second half. So that's kind of my thoughts on the coaching staff, play calling and stuff like of that nature. Yeah, Eberflus did a really good job after uh, – especially after the first half of making adjustments. Obviously, that defense gave up no points in the second half. You're going to win games if you're shutting people out in the second half, especially when you're that close. And, you know, Frank Reich, yeah, there were a lot of – a couple play calls that I was – I wouldn't say a lot. There was a couple, a.k.a. the – the deciding I tweeted about this. How many times do we have to run the ball up the middle before Frank Reich realizes that it's not going to work? How many times, especially on fourth and one, like it's crazy that we can run the ball third and one fourth and one the same play twice. And yet somehow don't get it both times. Yeah. Again, it's incredible how bad this team is at running the ball right up the gut. There were only a few times we were able to make it work. And like you said, the Jordan Wilkins throw of anyone on the team that you could have thrown that route to, Naheem Hines, Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, or Jonathan Taylor. But yet the one person you decide to do it is the one running back that doesn't know how to run a slant, and that's Jordan Wilkins. Like, why? The Why? There was like a play that said, why in the hell did you decide to do that? Like, again, it's just head scratchers that make me so pissed at Frank Reich for making that formation. But at the same time, all of this being considered, I really liked the game plan that the Colts came out with. They didn't really try to go with their motto of running the ball. They actually ran a ton of five wideouts or four wideouts and moved the running back back into the backfield. I liked it. And they were running like a kind of quick huddle they weren't running it it wasn't a no huddle but it was a quick huddle they were trying to get formations going faster and I thought it kept Tennessee really off balance and obviously they were able to hit most of the guys in the zone I mean it it was incredible that it just worked it worked all game there was no stopping it only us stopped us that's it we were the only reason that the Titans were able to stop us all night long so I mean Again, I give credit to Frank Reich. They came up with a good game plan. They executed it well. There's just a couple times where they had a, ran a couple plays that were just like, man, what the hell was that? But, you yeah. know, that's what we kind of expect from the Colts from a little bit. But nevertheless, it did work out. And let's look at this offense here, man. We got to get into some of these stats here real quick. Uh, first thing we got to start with is old man Philip Rivers. I mean, this guy was phenomenal again today. 73% completion percentage, 308 yards, one touchdown. Obviously had a bunch more opportunities that he could have hit a touchdown, but just didn't work that way. Was only sacked once today and had a QBR of 76 with a passer rating of 106. So, I mean, again, for me, Cody, this is the kind of performance that if Phillip Rivers is able to have every game, if he's able to have this kind of performance every week, this team is capable of beating anyone because he felt like a really good game general. He just felt like he knew how to dissect the defense everywhere it was going. He was accurate. He was taking care of the football and was getting the ball out quick to the right receivers. 
I mean, he only really had one bonehead throw, and that was the one to Marcus Johnson. Thankfully, Malcolm Butler was out of bounds and didn't intercept it. Uh, almost reminded me of Carson Wentz a couple weeks ago against the Giants. But uh, nevertheless, I mean, how do you how do you feel about Phillip Rivers? I mean, it was a good game for him. It was. And it's funny because it feels like every time Phillip Rivers has what we could say a bad game, you know, people come out in droves saying Phillip Rivers is the worst quarterback, the worst signing. Uh, we need to bench him right away. And then he comes out and he proves, okay, maybe I have a little bit left in my tank. And I liked what I saw from Phillip Rivers. You mentioned he was accurate today, uh, or I guess whenever this will be coming out tomorrow, but we're recording it the night of. Um, he was accurate, you know, you know, 308 yards. I don't expect that every single game, game in and game out from the yardage standpoint. But, uh, you know, he won touchdown and the biggest thing, no interceptions. And, you know, beyond that, that one thing, that, that one play you talked about to Malcolm Butler that was out of bounds, I felt like he did a really, really solid job of not giving defenders any chances uh, to intercept it. He took care of the football, which is exactly what you signed him to do. Uh, you know, take care of the football, kind of manage the game, pass it when you need to. But uh, you know, that's been the biggest knock on him is just the turnovers. And I felt like tonight he was locked in and ready to go and just got the ball out of his hands to the hands of some of his playmakers that we talked about. And that's what we wanted him to do from, from you know, week one. And so there are some weeks where we're just like, why are you holding onto the ball so long? Get rid of it. And so it was certainly great to see him, um, you know, just be efficient in that way. Not, nothing spectacular, which is not what we asked for, but just competent in that way, I think is huge for this offense. And yeah, you mentioned it, you know, this passing offense can be any sort of competent. I mean, this team can go places for sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's, let's get into it, man. I mean, we've talked about it. Who were the big standouts on offense? And there were a lot of them today. So it's very nice to see that there are a bunch of guys here. Now, listen, you may not give this guy love uh, today because obviously his stats didn't really show it, but I'm going to give him a little love before you go here, but I got to give mad props to T Y Hilton tonight. I mean, I know he didn't really do anything in the second half. I understand. But in that first half, four receptions for 40 yards. I mean, it felt like every time he touched the ball, the, the chains were moving. And that's great to see T.Y. Hilton do. He helped keep this offense moving. I really wish they would have gotten him involved in the second half, but they really didn't need to. You know, they had Michael Pittman going in the second half, Naheem Hines going off in the second half. You know, the offense really ran through those two in the second half, literally and figuratively. So, but outside of that, I mean, props to T.Y. Hilton for a great first half. Again, not an amazing stat. It's not going to blow anyone away. But it was good to see T.Y. Hilton out there looking like he was healthy and happy uh, getting the ball thrown to him early in the game. And I'm glad they were able to use him early and get uh, some offense going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I liked what I saw from T.Y. Hilton. You know, nothing spectacular. We don't, we don't need T.Y. Hilton to have those games like he used to because they just spread the ball around so much. We just need him to catch the ball when he's getting targeted at this point. Yep. Um, so I thought out of five targets, four catches, 40 yards, it's a pretty solid game from him. Um, and he did what he was asked to do, and that's all we could ask for from T.Y. Hilton. So I was really encouraged by him. And, you know, a guy with a similar stat line, Zach Paschal, also won't get enough love. He's quietly the Colts' leading receiver so far yeah. um, through, I guess, like nine weeks now. I'd have to add that up and see if he still is. But through eight weeks he was. Uh, and I just, I just love what he brings from a consistency standpoint. It seems like there's a couple times per game where Zach Paschal just makes a key catch down the sideline yeah. um, and just, just – He's just such a solid player. He's never going to blow the top off a of defense, but he's just so solid in certain ways. And 
I just love what he, he can provide for this offense as just a reliable, you know, number four receiver or whatever it is. Uh, I really like him as well. I think he deserves a lot of credit because he's just been such a solid player ever since the Colts uh, signed him a couple of years ago and brought him onto the squad. Yeah, so um, tell me, who are your two biggest winners for today when it comes to the offense? And then uh, is there anybody on the offense that disappointed you today? Uh, I'll tell you mine. I mean, obviously, Michael Pittman deserves a ginormous love today. I mean, Michael Pittman a couple weeks ago, you know, coming off of it, of a, off a serious leg syndrome and not knowing if he was going to play for a while. And now it, it looks like the connection with him and Phillip Rivers is there. And it looks really, really good. Uh, he touched the ball eight times today and had 120 plus yards. So, I mean, if Michael Pittman's going to give you that on a consistent basis, uh, I think we finally found out what Michael Pittman can do. And then obviously the other guy who, you know, had a rushing and a pat and a receiving touchdown today. And that was Naheem Hines. Hines with 12 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown uh, was the leading rusher for today and also had five catches for 45 yards and a touchdown as well. So Naheem Hines, again, showing that versatility and what he can be in this offense. I mean, I don't know if you got anyone else there, Cody, but I mean, those two are probably the standard picks here. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. Like Naheem Hines, uh, Two touchdowns on his birthday. So shout out to Naheem. Yeah, shout out to Naheem, awesome. man. What a birthday. <laughs> yeah, incredible. And it's crazy to think the last three games, he's had four touchdowns. Um, and he didn't even have a touchdown last week. So, like, in two games alone, he has four touchdowns. Two games in the last three, multiple touchdowns. So we said it from day one, Derek. You know, Naheem Hines, we felt like last year, was criminally underrated and underused in this Colts offense. And so we felt like, man, the Colts just need to get him going. They need to get him the ball. We know what the dynamic type of player he is. We saw that at the end of last year in the punt return department. And so we're just like, get him the ball and just let him go to work. And, you know, he's, he was the fastest running back out of that draft when you took him. Give him the ball. And for a team on offense that's been struggling to get explosive plays, it just was head-scratching why they weren't getting him more involved. And so I think for us, like, and if we're seeing that, it's great to see Naheem Hines used, you know, even more in the running game. You know, the running game's kind of struggled at certain points. Why not change it up? Ride the hot hand a little bit. And I liked what they did. You know, Naheem Hines is such a shifty running back, kind of changing the pace a little bit. I really liked what he brought. You know, yes, receiving game, we know what he can do there. But the running game, too, I think he, he, he showed some great vision, some great agility, some great speed all that stuff. And he just consistently was getting chunk plays on the running game. So was really impressed with Naheem Hines. Uh, definitely a great birthday present for him. I uh, couldn't have scripted that better. And uh, yeah, you mentioned Michael Pittman, you know, and I actually said this crazy enough on the pregame stream that we had. I said, I just have this feeling that Pittman's going to build off of his performance last week. We talked about it that first half. He had 50 some yards and then they just went away from him in the second half. And it was really confusing to why they did that. And so I was like, I think that he's starting to get a little bit more confident now, especially yeah. with the Dory Jackson out for this game. I felt like, okay, maybe this is his chance, especially with T.Y. Hilton being back, maybe drawing some double teams and stuff of that nature. Pittman can have an opportunity to shine. And he really did, man. He, he was fantastic. His first 100-yard game also had that, you know, that you mentioned that 21-yard uh, end-around play that, that was really good. He, he was a little bit faster than I thought he was for how big yeah. he was. I think a lot of people were, were are surprised that, you know, a 6'5", 
230 pound guy can run the way he did. I mean, you know, he almost outran Trey Burton to the block on yeah. the, on that sweep. So, I mean, yeah. people were surprised by Pittman's ability to run out there, man. He, he looked yeah. really good, man. He looks, he definitely didn't look like a guy that two weeks ago was coming off of IR. He looks like he's been in the system for a while. Isn't it incredible how one week can shift the perspective of fans? Remember there's, there's been fans this entire season that says, that have said Ballard does not know how to draft wide receivers. I've heard that all over. Oh yeah, it's been, he, there's been people that have been Great. saying a lot of things that Ballard is incapable of doing. Yeah, well, I was just <laughs> like, literally, be patient with Pittman. He had a freak injury. It happens. He's getting used to this offense. Just give him a chance. And these last two weeks, he's been nothing short of spectacular, especially oh, yeah. especially against the Titans. You know, over a hundred yards receiving his first game doing that and. Uh, you know, he had a 40 yard reception that was as long. And so, uh, he's, yeah, he's a possession receiver, but he's also, he's got some speed to him. He's got some juice to him. So I really liked what I saw from him as well in the, you know, running and receiving department. I, and he's also, you know, phenomenal blocker, probably the best blocker on this team. So he can kind of do it all for you. And I really like that in Michael Pittman, young player, he's still learning. Um, and this was definitely well worth, we were, we were waiting Derek for a breakout game from Michael Pittman. Yep. What, what better time to do it than on primetime TV for the division lead, Michael Pittman shows out and gives Colts fans a little bit more hope. You know, we've been so unfortunate with our wide receivers, the injuries and just the lack of production for a decade. Uh, besides C.Y. Hilton, we've, it's been horrible. It really has. It's been hell. Yeah. Uh, so it's great to see a player, a young player, a bright player like Michael Pittman finally show what he can do. So I am so encouraged from what he can do. And I'm so excited to see how he, he can continue to build onto this. You know, we, we projected maybe he could be the number two receiver. I mean, if you don't resign T.Y. Hilton, maybe he's your number one receiver next year. I mean, maybe yeah, it's a little early be. to say that, but he sure, certainly uh, showed some, some really good progress tonight. Yeah. So, I mean, offense, again, offense had a really solid day. Obviously, Phillip Rivers were 300 yards and, you know, the rushing attack here, uh, four and a half yards on average per carry today. So Hines with a 5.8 yard average, almost six yards, Wilkins three and a half. So are you concerned at all about Jonathan Taylor after this game? I mean, obviously, seven rushes for 12 yards and obviously didn't really get much of a chance to run the ball too much today. But, you know, he also had two catches for 25 yards today. So he was used a little bit in the passing game. And he certainly had some moments there where he ran over some guys and he made some plays. I mean, he ran over, I don't know who it was. Uh, I think but, it was uh, Amar, Amar, Armani Hooker. I think that's the Yeah, name. Armani Hooker. Yeah, he ran over him. And then Malcolm Butler comes in and literally punches him, trying to knock that ball out and almost punches him in the face. But, uh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, again, just had some really good plays in the passing game. I saw, I saw the fans on Twitter saying that, you know, Jonathan Taylor has been a no factor to any resolve at all this season. Again, like, it is weird. It is so weird we find the fans that after a tremendous game on prime time, we destroyed the team that said that most said was going to win this game. We destroyed them, and yet somehow, some way, there are still fans out there that say, oh, well, you know, this guy was a non-factor, you know, like he's been all season. Like, dude, shut up. Can you not just enjoy the fact that we just destroyed our division rival on primetime TV? Yeah. Can you not just enjoy that? 
But like, right. okay, so back to the question, like, are you concerned at all? Or are you still thinking, oh, well, it's still him being a rookie and they're just riding the hot hand right now? I mean, I think, yeah, hot hand for sure. Um, you know, and it's like when you see some of his runs, none of them are like, I feel like they're always designed very poorly, like running up the middle. You mentioned it just doesn't work a lot of times. Um, and, and like some of his runs, I just don't feel like are, are scripted well for him to succeed. Um, now, I'm not going to say it's just all in the play calling, but like, you know, he showed when he's out in the open space what he can do. He showed why you drafted him. I mean, he can plow through guys. He's a powerful back. Uh, so I'm not that, that concerned with him, quite honestly. I mean, you have other guys that you don't have to like freak out uh, if he's not, you know, performing maybe the way you hoped he would early on. I, I, I think it's, it's fine to have patience. He's a rookie after all. You can have some patience with this guy. He hasn't had a full off season to do stuff and to be on this roster. And, and so I'm, yeah, you know, th- that doesn't look pretty, but like he still showed a couple things in the passing game. And the Colts like to do that running back by committee. So I'm not really that nervous about it at this point. Because you have to have patience with some of these guys. Mentioned Pittman. You have to have patience with him. You know, even you know, Tyquan Lewis is an extreme example. But, like, sometimes these guys just need to take some time to grow and to mature. And so I'm not super concerned yet. He's a rookie. He can learn. If he, you know, if this is it in a couple of years, if he looks the same way, maybe a little bit more concerned. But it's – Freaking his rookie year. So I'm I not going to go to those. The same thing. That's I said, that. please stop asking for immediate impact. Every single fan seems to want every player immediately when they come in to immediately jump off the screen. Stop that. Stop thinking that way. It's not going to happen. Not every player turns out like Darius Leonard. It's not going to happen. Stop it. Just stop it. All right, we've said enough about this offense and what they've been able to do. Did a really good job today. Uh, And also in the second half, the Colts scored 21 unanswered points. And obviously we go now to the defense where this is now, I don't know how many times in a row that the Colts have held a quarterback to under 200 yards. I don't, has there been a quarterback this season that's thrown for over 200 yards on us? Baker was one, right? And same with Matt. Yeah. But did anyone else? I don't know if anyone else has. Baker has and Stafford has, but did I don't Baker? Know. Okay. Yeah, I think Baker threw for like 220, I believe. Gotcha. Okay. But this anyway, uh, Matt, uh Ryan Tannehill threw for 62% today, 147 yards, one touchdown, was only sacked once today, and that was obviously at the hands of Danico Autry. But the QBR was a 45 and a half and QB rating at an 83 and a half. So obviously the passing game, not very good for Tannehill today. And then obviously uh, in Tennessee, 43 games have, uh, have gone by Cody where only two times have the Colts allowed a 100 yard rusher on their team. Do you know who holds both of those records? That is Derrick Henry. Henry. Only Derrick Henry in the last basically three, four years that the Colts have been playing football have been able to get a hundred yards basically since Ballard took over only two times as a running back gone for over a hundred yards or any player gone for a hundred yards when it comes to rushing. And Derrick Henry holds both of those 19 carries for 103 yards, had a couple of big runs uh, at times where he had a couple 15 yard runs that really helped boost that number. 
Honestly, there were so many other times where he got nothing. It really felt like he was getting either no yards, he was getting eight yards, or he was getting 15. It felt like there was no in-between when it Mm. came to that. And this is the crazy part that just stuns me when I look at these numbers. The receiving for Tennessee. So the leading receiver was Corey Davis with five receptions for 67 yards. Obviously had himself a pretty decent game today. And then after that, nobody else caught more than two passes today. No one. A.J. Brown had one catch today and was targeted four times. So A.J. Brown, again, was a non-factor. And, you know, that go to show in the second half when the Titans tried to come back, they couldn't get him involved. You know, A.J. Brown had that one catch in the very beginning of the game and to think that was going to be his only one. I mean, Cody, there's so much we can say again about this defense. I mean, I'll let you go, but honestly, I'm going to say this. That I, I said it on Twitter that my defensive player of the game was Darius Leonard because today he had nothing but juice and he looked like he was all business, no BS at all, mm-hmm. nothing. He literally looked like, like every Colts fan who was saying, that we're sick and tired of hearing all the media say that the Tennessee Titans are about to destroy us. It looked like he said, I'm sick and tired of this crap. I'm about to own all of you. And that's what, and that's what this defense did today. They did. Yeah. They looked really good again, especially after that first half, they just really turned it up. You mentioned no points allowed. This is like third or fourth game. The Colts have allowed having a lot of touchdown in the second half. Like this defense is legit. And if you have doubted this defense at all, just look, you know, after week one, this defense has been incredible. They have played fantastic, especially in the second half. I have been so encouraged. You mentioned Darius Leonard leading the team with nine tackles. Uh, you know, Grover Stewart was fantastic in the run game. Should have had a sack if it wasn't for that BS uh, pass interference call against TJ Carey. TJ Carey, speaking of which, had a really good game, I yes. felt like. Yes. He's, he's been such an underrated signing that nobody talks about, but I love what TJ Carey <laughs> we, has brought. I do have second. to, I do have to, I have to shout out Zach Hicks a little bit. I, I agree with just about everything Zach Hicks said, but I, he, he ate his own words. Uh, he said that he did not like the TJ Carey signing when the Colts first did it. He thought he was going to be a box corner that would really not do much for this team. And TJ Carey has been anything but that. I mean, he's probably one, been one of the best depth pieces that that Ballard signed. He's He's been phenomenal. And like you said, when Xavier Rhodes came out for that one drive when he was getting checked, TJ Carey came in, did his job really well. And even in the other times, TJ Carey came in. I mean, he was right on target just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, that's great. That's so much what you need from your depth is guys to just come in and pretty much it's a seamless transition. And I thought he did a great job. He had a couple nice pass breakups in this game. Um, I really liked what I saw from him. Yeah, he had two on the day. So uh, he, he was fantastic once again. And I just, just love what he brought. He also recovered, I believe, that, that blocked punt, which we'll get to in a minute. Yep. Um, so that was fantastic from him. He scored that touchdown. So, yeah, overall, I thought this defense looked really good. You mentioned the one sack. And so it's just something like with this Colts defensive line, I felt like in the first half they struggled to get some pressure on Tannehill. And so he was able to kind of do a little bit more damage in the first half. Second half, I felt like they were a lot better 
maybe not getting sacks, but getting pressures. Yes. And I felt like, you know, the sacks don't tell the whole story in this game. Um, I felt like the Colts defense was constantly making him uncomfortable. There was a play um, where he was down, man, and he was hurting after the Colts. Justin I think Houston. Justin Houston just smacked him on a play, and, and he was not feeling well at all. Um, you know, DeForest Buckner had a quarterback hit as well early on. He had three quarterback hits on the day. Yeah. Um, no sacks, but, he, you know, his presence was felt. Um, looking at it right now, the Colts had one sack and five quarterback hits. So they were. And that doesn't even mention that doesn't even mention how many knockdowns that man took. I mean, he he took almost a dozen knockdowns. I mean, he he was getting hit a lot in that game. He's probably going to be like Baker tomorrow, where he says, "Like, dude, I feel sore after yeah. that getting hit by Buckner and and Houston the way he did." And yeah. you know, Autry and Grover Stewart came in there a couple times as well. I mean. You're right. The sack numbers don't tell the full story of tonight. You're right. The first half, they didn't necessarily do a great job of getting coverage or uh, getting pressure. But then as that second half came around, it was a completely different story. Felt yeah, like there was it, a hand in his face every time he threw it. Right. And the thing is, Tannehill's probably going to have nightmares for the next couple of weeks because he plays the Colts again in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So he's going to get it again. He's going to remember. <laughs> he's going to remember. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. defense looked good overall. I felt like Tyquan Lewis made some nice plays. He had two tackles for loss. He continues a really good, really good play so far. Uh, so overall, I felt like the Colts did really good. Five tackles for loss in this game were just phenomenal. And, and I felt like, you know, I mean, part of the reason why there was not a ton of sacks was because I felt like Tannehill just didn't throw it a ton. Uh, they just ran it so much. Yeah, he, yeah, he, well, yeah, he only threw it, I mean, 27 times today. Remember, in the first half, he only threw or threw. He, through three quarters, he only th- – or for the first two and a half quarters, he only threw the ball like 15 times at the most. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you're right. They, they really didn't throw the ball that much. So, you're right. They, they, they threw it only about half of what uh, Rivers did tonight. So, yeah. I mean, you're right. They try to run the ball, and they – you know, they were able to do it effectively on a couple drives, but, you know, those drives ultimately stalled. And, I mean – yeah, I mean, this team, I mean, Darius Leonard, we obviously know what he brings. That dude's phenomenal. Kari Willis had a couple really good hits, especially that one on that third down on the outside edge when he beat the block. Yes. I I, yell, I was so mad at Kari Willis. I, fo- I thought he gave Xavier Rhodes a concussion uh, from that hit on the second play. Uh, I was mad at him there for a minute, but thank God uh, Rhodes came back in, thankfully. Uh, yeah. Like you said, Buckner getting – pretty good pressure in the second half as well he and the funny thing was that play on the second drive where aj brown dropped that hail mary where it would have been a touchdown uh buckner was the one that hit Tannehill yeah. as he fell so i mean you know buckner was in there uh zach said that he's milliseconds away from having like 13 or 14 sacks this year i mean that man is so close so many times and like you said grover stewart my God, another amazing performance by him. Just nobody could get through him. Uh, Anthony Walker had himself a decent game. Bobby Okariki was good in coverage. Uh, Rocky yep. Sin kind of struggled a little bit today, but, you know, Corey Davis had the hot hand in this game, even though Corey Davis never really had any huge plays. Blackman was another one. I mean, that hit that he had on Derrick Henry where he exploded past the line and made that tackle – Oh man, that is why you signed Julian. Bla- That's why you drafted Julian Blackman for that exact reason to be able to make plays like that. 
Yeah. And you're right. Danico Autry had himself a pretty fine game. Uh, Tyquan Lewis as well. You know, a couple other guys came in there. One guy I really loved seeing was uh, Tavon Wilson at the end. Uh, he was he was just he was up and down the sideline all game cheering on the offense and the defense, and then he finally gets in on the first on the one of the last plays of the game, and then just destroys whoever that back or it was a uh, Deontay uh, Foreman I think Freeman or whatever his last yeah, name was, and he destroyed him at the line, and I loved it. He was so amped. I loved that. He that it was great that the Colts felt that way. Um, so apparently Kenny Moore's got to have an MRI on his rib. Uh, says he has something going on there. They don't think it's serious, but they're checking it just to be sure. Don't I don't recall ever seeing him get injured. Yeah, I don't either. But I saw I I, I heard about the injury like late in the game. So we'll see. Fortunately, he has more than a week to recover from this. So hopefully they just he just rests up and, and get, gets killed, especially if it's minor, which hopefully it is. Uh, that would be huge. For, for Kenny Moore to, to get back into action against Aaron Rodgers and company yeah. when they come to town here soon. Um, yeah. That's going to be big. But, but yeah, and also I thought Xavier Rhodes, uh, we always talk of him, you know, when you talk about corners, rarely I feel like do a lot of people talk about how good they are at tackling. I felt like Xavier Rhodes had some nice plays against the run. Um, and, you know, he's a bigger corner, so, you know, you got to think he can tackle, and he definitely can. He's, he's all, of, uh, you know, six one whatever, two over 200 pounds. So uh, I really liked what he brought um, in terms of the run-stopping game as well. Um, I thought that he played really well, even though Derrick Henry had a nice game. You know, I, I liked what I saw from the corners in terms of, of run tackling. So uh, yeah. overall, I thought it was a, you know, a decent day for the defense, better day in the second half than the first half. But, but yeah, Derrick Henry's just – he's just an, uh, on another level, man. He's yeah. impossible to tackle. Yeah, really. it's impossible to tackle him. I mean, even the defensive tackles were having a difficult time. Grover Stewart got pan- got – pancaked by a stiff arm from Derrick Henry in this game so I mean if that tells you anything but yeah I mean Xavier Rhodes outside of that first completion to AJ Brown in the first half Xavier Rhodes again Rhodes were closed all game long I loved that tackle that him and Darius Leonard had where they body slammed Henry where Rhodes went high and Leonard went for the gut and they just pile drived him into the ground and love it uh, another player you know stall uh Taylor Stallworth you know, I have one tackle today, but again, the the presence and being able to push guys back like Grover Stewart again is it's just another guy that we're gonna have to pay this offseason because he needs to stick around. I was telling my brother during the game, like there Ballard loves his defensive linemen. And if if on tape you're performing, which he certainly has, he's gonna get paid. And, and I yep. certainly know he will be. Um so, yeah, that was pretty much the defensive perspective. Again, we could go with this all freaking night long. I mean, there was so much good. But let's just talk real quick about the special teams because there's a lot to dissect there. Uh, yeah. the, the Titans, we talked with Titan Upload on Tuesday. How concerned are you about your special teams and what does it do to your team? He said he was very concerned. Well, after the today, he should be. Okay, so the first mishap that they had was – the punt where the punter went 17 yards gave the Colts a very, very short field. The Colts uh, had the ball at, at the Titans 27 yard line and were able to score a touchdown, which gave them the lead. And then they go three and out again, the next drive. And then obviously EJ speed is the one that blocks that punt. 
And it was funny too, because my brother during the game, he earlier in the game said, oh, he's going to be a special teams player for the rest of his life, isn't he? And it's funny too, because then he, he blocks the pot later. I was like, he's a special teams player, you say. Uh, <laughs> and then he blocked that one. And then, like you said, TJ carries the one that picked it up, scooped it for a touchdown. And then the next drive following, Kiskowski decides to miss the field goal. So, so what else is new there, yeah. right? So, yep. um, so that was the Tennessee mishaps. And then, obviously, the couple good things that happened with the Colts. And then Blankenship, again, went four for four for extra points today. Two for two with a long of a 43. So Blankenship with a perfect day today. I mean, Cody, the special teams unit can't get much better than this, what they got today, could it? No, they couldn't. And, you know, special teams, man, that matters. We've talked about this on the podcast. It matters a whole lot. And so, like, you know, when people, like, make – so, for example, when we try to predict the roster, that's why I say guys like Ashton Doolin, you know, different guys like that. You know, when you're vying for those last roster spots, you have to be really good at special teams. And if you're really good at special teams, you'll get a chance at this roster, even if you're not a better player at your position. Because special teams matters so, so much into what you do. It's a third of the game, right? It matters in what you do. We see here clearly, we saw it so many times last year where special teams cost the Colts games. You know, we talked about that with Titan Upload too. You know, it cost the game so many times. And now to have special teams, you know, not I wouldn't say they, they, were, they were the main factor into winning this game, but they certainly played their one-third part. They really did. And I felt like they played really, you know, really flawless. They set, I mean, they really set the tone any. in the second half. They set they the did. tone in the second half. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's huge. That, that block punt, it just changed everything. It took away any sliver of hope the Titans had. I really felt like it did. And then Diskowski was just – that miss was just that, – Yeah, that play. miss was like, yeah, it's it's done at that point. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I remember when I was on the stream, I said, all right, Gaskowski, you already made one. You don't want to make this one. I promise you. You don't want to make it. You're <laughs> trash. And he missed it. And I was like, yes! <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> so, uh, it's great to see former Patriots struggling too. I'll take that all day long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, overall, yeah, it was wonderful, wonderful performance from the special teams. Uh, really don't have any nitpicks. I thought they all played pretty well. Uh, was really encouraged with, with everything. You know, you mentioned from Blankenship to Sanchez to the returners. I mean, everybody, I felt like, helped this team out and helped this team secure this, this big primetime victory. So, super encouraged by the special teams. One of the best in the league, and they show it again. So again, guys, Colts beat the Tennessee Titans 34 to 17. What and probably the biggest matchup for the Colts this season, and probably for the Titans as well. And the Colts take advantage of the short week. The Colts will face them again in 10 days. So the Colts and the Titans get a chance to uh, heal up a little bit, uh, hopefully for their next opponent. So let me let me let me ask you this here, Cody, because you know th- there's. There's a weird thing here, and I said 10 days. It's actually 17 days. I, I apologize. Somebody will get me on that. But um, anyway, so let's, let's talk about two things here before we end this. There, I'll talk about the fact that this was prime time and how important this was. But, I mean, I, I hate to sound like this because then it sounds like I'm making excuses. But, oh, my God, it was bad. The freaking officiating in this game was just atrocious, man. I yeah. mean, I mean, on – Honestly, a little bit on both sides. I mean, like, 
some of these some of these calls were just oh my gosh just like let these guys play like yeah. i understand i understand rock had a little bit of that jersey but come on man i mean that was so close and then the and yeah. then the unsport the personal foul roughing the passer on Tannehill on that on that drive like it, he was getting hit he was falling and Tyquan Lewis was already heading that direction Lewis wasn't trying to hit Tannehill and I mean honestly dude that drive is what I thought might screw us in the end because the because we had four penalties on that drive four out of our five penalties in the first half came on that drive alone it started with Darius Leonard and then it was the flag on Rock, and then it was the flag for the personal foul, and then there was a there was a like a hold or something in the end zone again out of nowhere that right. happened on TJ Carey, and I was like, oh my gosh, just give them the points already, like Jesus, like how much how many more do you need? And then it was it was kind of funny to think, you know, we shot ourselves in the foot a couple times in the first half with the fourth downs and, you know, the penalties. And then it's funny to see Tennessee, you know, kind of do that same thing in the second half. The mm-hmm. role switched. The only difference is, is we scored more points off of their mistakes than theirs. So, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. how was your take on the officiating, man? That was, that was atrocious yeah. for me. You know, there were some really bad calls for sure. I think there was just some dumb plays by the Colts. Though. Like, there were some of them I was like, okay, that's just a penalty. Like, there were some dumb plays. The one that gets me, though, that just bothers me still is the one where Grover Stewart had a sack and Tyquan Lewis was being held, too. And they call a hold on the defense for phantom call. Like, T.J. Carey wasn't holding. There was no holding. Yeah, there was no holding whatsoever. Yeah, and, like, you know, I don't want to complain. Like, it's over. We won. But, like, that was bad. That was so bad. And I was like, you you literally just gave them momentum. Like, we had them stopped. We had them pushed back. And uh, you didn't call the blatant holding on against Tyquan Lewis, but you call that? Like, that's that's so terrible. And But, you know, that was the big one that I noticed. And then, obviously, when Darius Sunder was chasing Tannehill out of bounds, that's just kind of momentum, I feel like. Like, you can't really slow down at that point. It's just some, some silly stuff where it's like, you know, that's kind of – that happens, like, with the game. Like, if you're both going full speed, sometimes it's hard to just slow down. Yeah, I mean, you know, Darius should have, like, tried to just take his hands off and just run away. But, like, you know, I I, – I, I, that's not the first time we've had an issue with Darius Leonard doing that. He obviously did that a couple times against Pittsburgh last year. That right, really yeah. screwed us in a couple of ways. But I am surprised that nobody tried to fight Leonard after that. Uh, I mean, there was a couple guys that ran to the Colts sideline to check on Tannehill, but ended up fighting guys on the sidelines versus <laughs> fighting somebody. And Leonard, yeah. like, I mean, why, why are you guys not fighting Leonard? Leonard's the one that threw your quarterback out of bounds. But – I mean, yeah, that was that was bad, but you know, yeah. I mean, the, like I said again, Colts messed themselves up in the first half of those penalties, and obviously mm-hmm. the fourth down misses. But then, thankfully, Titans made a lot of mistakes in the second half. And you know, I want to get back to the fact that this is prime time and what this says about the Indianapolis Colts. You know, every the majority of people going on and saying, "Oh, Tennessee's going to win this." because, you know, they're the far superior team when it comes to being offensively. I mean, I feel like all the questions that needed to be answered 
in front of the national media were finally answered, where we reminded people this defense is the best defense in the NFL. There is not another defense that is better than ours. Ours is exactly what you want in an NFL defense right now. And, I mean, this offense showed it is capable of moving the ball down the field. Again, outside of the fourth down woos that we had in the first half, we only punted once, and that was at the towards the end of the game. Other than that, we were moving down. Even in the fourth downs where we screwed ourselves, we were inside the 25-yard 20 yard line on both. Like, we moved down the field almost every single drive. The offense was moving very, very seamlessly. And the special teams, again, our special teams unit winning games for us at this moment in time. I don't know how many other units can say that. I mean, how important was this? not only for the standings, because we all know that the Colts are going to try to take full advantage of what's happening now, but like how important was it to show people like the general public that this Colts team is for real. These people who said, Oh, Tennessee's going to win because you know, they've been the spotlight of everything, but just got blown out by a rival team. And I agree with DeForest Buckner. I think we need more primetime games after this. Oh, yeah. The Colts have been disrespected in primetime. Even on primetime, it's been like a crazy percentage that have been away as opposed to home. And it's just like, it's so crazy the disrespect that they have. Like, and you know, it's without Andrew Luck, I get it. But like, I think it was huge for the Colts to prove like, hey, we may not have like a star quarterback like Mahomes. We may not be the Cowboys, you know, in terms of like people knowing us, but like, we're a legit team. We deserve to be on primetime. We're going to be a playoff contender year in and year out for the next decade. Like We deserve some recognition, and I love it, man. I, I definitely think that, and hopefully, you know, after seeing that those NFL anal, analysts, people who get paid to make decisions, all going with the Titans, I mean, it should be a wake-up call to the league a little bit. Like, the Colts are for real. They really are. They, they're going to be a team that's going to, even if they don't beat you, <laughs> they're going to hit you. And you're going to know you played the Colts. Like, and I oh, love absolutely. that about this team. And uh, so I think it's huge, man. I, I hopefully some national media takes some recognition. The last, let me remind you, the last two primetime games the Colts have had, they have been underdogs. They haven't been favored. I'm talking about the Kansas City game last year. Mm-hmm. And they have gone out and they have beaten the team soundly twice in a row. Yep. So maybe it's time to give them a little bit more recognition for a solid football team and yeah. for a team that deserves more recognition, deserves more primetime games. I, I really think they should it's, – it's laughable how little uh, they recognition they get at this point. Yeah. It's like you – here's the thing about primetime games, okay? Here's the thing about primetime games. It's all about getting the best audience that you can to watch those games, especially on a Thursday night game when you have the least audience when it comes to these games, you want to get the best option possible for that. Nobody wants to go watch the Jaguars versus the Jets. Nobody wants to watch that crap, okay? There's, th- th- those, those teams don't matter. You want the teams that are going to bring people in because it's going to be a good football game. That was a decent football game to watch because you had two playoff contending teams two teams that are at the top of their division and are fighting for that playoff spot and the spot in the top of their division. Like that is what I want to watch. And, and this is coming from outside of a, just being a Colts fan. I want to watch a Thursday night game. That'll tell me, Oh, 
if we're going to have, you know, the we're going to have the Ravens and Kansas City, I mean, they're not the biggest of all fan bases, but that's the game people want to watch because it's fun. It's entertaining. You know something's going to happen that's going to be fun. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think watching Jake Lutton and a Joe Flacco-led Jets uh, is going to be fun to really watch. I don't – outside of uh, what they did last week, though, because they almost beat the Patriots, I'm not going to talk crap about – uh, Joe Flacco, but I will talk crap about the Jets. Like, how did you lose that one? Well, then again, I actually do know how they lost that one because they wanted to because they need to secure that number one pick. But it's outside of that, yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous how little primetime games the Colts get. I know we're a small market, but, like, it, it's so weird how few games they get, but yet the Colts, anytime they're on primetime, they always seem to show up. There's always a game to be seen. I just don't understand why we get so few of them. But yeah. either way, guys, that's going to probably do it for this one. Uh, again, the Colts win in dominating fashion over the Titans. Certainly was a great game to watch. Cody, you have any final remarks here before we head out? Well, first off, thank you all. We reached 4K. Uh, we're so happy, so thankful, and appreciative to every single person who tunes in. Uh, and also <laughs> – Bring, the Colts brought the juice, man. The division-leading AFC South, division-leading Indianapolis Colts. Man, I, I'm, that just feels so good to say. <laughs> it, yes, really it really does. does. And I'll say one last final remark. Four days ago, there were a lot of you that were saying, fire everyone. I hope you're keeping that same energy this week when, you know, the Colts just did what they just did to the Titans. I hope yeah. you keep that same energy because you're dead wrong. But anyways, thank you guys again so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts.